Manu Slayton. And they might well bring up 50 here, but that's a flattering look. New Zealand on their way to the quarterfinals. The Mariners have turned it around. And Jacob Farrell has put Central Coast in front. Fiji win. They beat Scotland. It will be Fiji that clinch second place and progress to the quarterfinals. Bruce is there! Tedesco the dummy, he scores against Italy, James Tedesco, he has scored in the blue of Italy, and now he scores here for the Kangaroos, they have their third try. And now, overnight scores, expert comment and controversy on the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Good morning everyone, I'm Ray Thomas and welcome to the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Dean Ritchie right alongside me and two more sleeps to the Melbourne Cup and what a day of racing yesterday. Dino, good morning. Yeah, good morning Ray. It's a fantastic time of yeah, year, it isn't is. it? We've got the big dance, Melbourne Cup, T20 You're cricket. You're going around with Tuesday, aren't you? Yeah. Rugby League, World Cup, the Wallabies played. Sports everywhere, Ray, and we're loving it. The Wallabies won. 16-15 at Murrayfield. So that mm. starts off their European tour with a win. They, the, the Scots had a chance to win the game with a penalty. Inside um, the final minutes. Yeah, but for once, Australia didn't lose to a penalty goal. 16-15. As we speak, Dino, the Kangaroos, as you would expect, dominating this game against Italy. It's 60 points to six with about three minutes to go. Just an update on a couple other scores in Rugby League World Cup overnight. Fiji defeated Scotland 30 points to 14 and England ran right against Greece 94 to four. But after this game, the, the Kangaroos finished. We're into the quarterfinal stages and we'll see some contests there, Dino. Well, hopefully, Ray, the quarterfinal will probably be against uh, Lebanon. I can't see that being a tight game Good either. Point, yeah. I do. Yeah, it'll get to the semi-finals when we play New Zealand, and then potentially England in the final. That it will get tight. I, I said last week, right? I love rugby league. Mm. It's great to see rugby league in the off season. But you know, ninety-four to four, sixty to six. It doesn't do much for me personally. Yeah, no. It's it's. I know you've got to try and grow the international game, but. Yeah, it's, it's not a great look when you see scores of 94 to 4. Speaking of not a great look, before we get into the racing, Dan, uh, Friday night, um, I was listening to Brendan Julian uh, yesterday talk about this. The, of course, you can't control the weather. Um, and unfortunately, despite all the expectation, all the hype, the Australia-England T20 World Cup game, which was crucial for both teams, was washed out. Each team now gets a point. So um, the bottom line is Australia have to win and win big in the next two games. But, Dino, just up the road, you could have walking distance with a stadium with a roof on it. And as Brendan Julian said, why didn't they just move the game? The forecast was well known. It was raining all day. It was obviously going to be a real problem getting that match on. Worldwide TV audience could not bowl a ball. Well, that stadium you refer to, obviously, is Marvel Stadium. Yeah. It holds 53,000 people. Yeah. Um, cricket's played there. It's the home of... The Melbourne Renegades in the Big Bash. So, mm. why didn't they have that as the backup stadium? Be ready to go. It was a it's fairly um, yeah obvious. I, I think there was a truck rally on, but they no. could have got round it. I noticed Kevin Peterson took to Twitter last night too, mm. Ray, and said, uh, "Why is the T20 World Cup not being played in the glorious Australian sunshine in January and February?" Yeah. It's another valid point. Could they have moved the calendar around? Then you get the problem with test matches well, you do. and everything else. You do, but this is a World yeah, Cup. Yeah, maybe sort of mid-January onwards, yeah. So look, at the moment, mm. you know, there's obviously massive troubles through the weather. It's yeah. no one's fault, but they didn't seem to think about that going into the tournament. Exactly. Speaking of weather, for once, Sydney woke up to a beautiful day yesterday and a good four track at Rose Hill. That's been a long time since we've gone to a Saturday meeting on a good four, Dino. Golden Eagle Day in Sydney, Derby Day in Melbourne. It was an absolute smorgasbord. Did you win on the punt? I didn't win on the punt yesterday, Ray. I watched all the races over. Had the, uh, the form guide out. Yeah, good day. Sat on the sofa. Enjoy. Like a real norm from the old days, of the 1970s. <laughs> I didn't have a beer, but... I had a couple of leftover sausage yeah. sandwiches, mate. So it was a beautiful day. Now, listen, I wish I win. It was yeah. a late surge from Fangirl. It gave us a, a Moody Waller 1-2. Good to see you know, Pete Moody back in the limelight again. Yeah, it was great. And Luke Nolan, the jockey, of course, they were so famous as the train jockey combination with Black Caviar. And, and uh, 
I know Peter Moody was back last spring with Incentivise, who won the Caulfield Cup, a couple of the group ones, and was the hot favourite in the Melbourne Cup, ran second. But even he admitted it was like a second coming for um, himself and his good mate Luke Nolan yesterday. Gee, it was a thrilling race, wasn't it, Dino? I was on Gypsy Goddess, sneaking up the inside at big odds. Fangirl, you could argue, was a touch unlucky. Hope in your heart ran a blind. It was just a, a fascinating race to watch. Rose Hill Gold Cup. Star of India, right? Gee, exciting horse moving forward. Mm. Promising Australian debut. Yeah, I should have copped the tip. I was at Canterbury Trackwork on Tuesday morning and I, I asked Jamie Spencer, the English jockey, what he thought of the grey horse. Um, I'll get it. I'll, I'll mispronounce this. Bar Dajon, I think it was, Boys Dajon, whatever. And because he was all the rage for the Roseville Gold Cup, he said, oh, he's worked well, but that other horse, Star of India, worked well too. I should have copped the tip. He was a good, lightly raced, promising horse. Internationals were 1 3 4. Um, Bar Dajon ran third. John O'Shea's got a nice horse called Athabaskan, ran a good fourth there. So they're all horses to watch. The Nature Strip Stakes, what'd you make of it? I thought that was the ride of the day, Private Eye. Kaboom. Mm. Last to first. Hasn't he? Amazing. Come out of left field, private eye. He was a horse who, this time last year, was running in 2,000 metre weight for age races. Joe Pride's trained him purely as a sprinter, and he's gone to a whole new level, Dino. He is absolutely flying at the moment. Um, Marzu ran second, but picked up the Sydney Spring Sprint Series bonus. That makes sense. So he actually earned more for running second than the winner did in that race. And overall, Marzu, who hasn't won a race this spring, but has run four competitive races, including his third in the Everest, earned for his connections almost $4.8 million. That atmosphere looked terrific again mm. yesterday, right? Yeah. Sydney racing, it is flying, isn't it? Yeah, and Peter Moody made reference to that, and there's a lot of debate about the Sydney-Melbourne thing and uh, carnival clashes, but I've said it many times, they, they clash all year round, and... Um, I think it's just great for the sport because yesterday as a punt and a race fan, you're, you're getting a better one. You're looking up the next race in Flemington and um, next race in Sydney. It was just great racing. Well, we're 20 minutes apart essentially all day. fantastic, So yeah. it was just a, a, a compulsive viewing. It, it was, yeah. And for the, of course, the Victorians have now raided the Everest and the Golden Eagle, the two richest races in the country. Giga Kick was winning the Everest a couple of weeks ago. But the Sydney side has got um, struck back at Flemington, winning all three Group 1s. In secret was terrific for James Cummings in the Coolmore Stud Stakes. Manzoist, gee, he was impressive winning the Victoria Derby. And he looks a, a likely Melbourne Cup type for next year, um, Dino. And great to see Brad Whittup's horse, Ice Bath, finally break through at stakes level to win the Empire Rose Stakes. So great racing all round. And the Melbourne Cup field is out, Dino. It's out. I had a few bucks on uh, Sharp and Smart. I oh, thought I was home. Yeah, you look, I thought I was home. Going to almost win, yeah. So. Have you had a look at the Melbourne Cup field yet? Not yet. I do that Tuesday morning. Tuesday it's my morning. tradition, Ray. Okay. Although I like Stockman yesterday. I thought it yeah, and he'll, was a good, uh, good lead up. And he'll go into the Melbourne Cup. And with the likelihood of rain, he's a massive chance. One of the best eighths you've ever seen by Stockman yesterday. I've ended up going for Montefilia, um, Dino. I know the favourite does look the horse to beat Doville Legend, but for a horse who's never raced at a Group 1, hasn't obviously won anything higher than a Group 2, he's got 55 kilos. Remember, he's a Northern Hemisphere three-year-old, so a four-year-old by our stands. So he's a young horse, and he's a bit like light infantry yesterday. I know it's easy in hindsight, but I was always worried about light infantry, big field, inexperienced horse, what would happen. And to be fair, he didn't have the easiest of runs. But I, I just think these Melbourne Cups are won by the tough, proven stayers. He might just blow him away, David Legend. We often see it with his internationals. But Montefilia's had a great prep. I loved her Caulfield Cup run. And as a four-time Group 1 winner, uh, I think she won a great race on Tuesday. What do you like in the big dance? The big dance is going to be a good race, isn't it? Look, I haven't completely made up my mind yet on the big dance, you know, because I haven't had a chance to do the proper form. The barrier draw, though, has opened this race right up because the favourite for a long time has been Hosier. Now, Hosier's drawn out in the car park, do you know? It'd be wider than you when you'd park your car on Tuesday. Out in gate 20, um, I'm going to go for Casino Kid each way because he's a terrific horse for Jam Bowen. He's one of those get-back horses who needs luck, big field, but he's about um, double-figure odds at the moment, and he will run you a race. He's had a great prep, and that's a deep race as well, Dan. Plenty of chances in the big dance. Brings us to our talk topic. It is our talk topic. Yeah. You far away? What about this? Mm. Favourite Melbourne Cup memories? And that could be a variety of things. It might mm. be the day you had a win on the punt. It might have Your been a party cup, you went to. Cup, yeah. might be something as a kid you backed. Mm. 
I'll go back to 1982. The race that broke your heart, great man. Did, yeah, did. Still does. <laughs> My dear mother, who's listening this morning, good morning, Peggy. Yeah. She put me in a swip when I was about 12. It was Gurners Lane. Oh. But I knew back then, Ray, mm. even at that young age, that Kingston Town was a legend. So I was sort of cheering for Kingston Town. Yeah. But the sweep was Gurners Lane. And of course, history says yeah. Gurners Lane won. So I was a bit heartbroken at Kingston Town. Scarred by that. But my wallet, as a kid, was bulging. I'm scarred at the by the mighty Gurners Lane. I'm writing a story tomorrow because um, Joe Pride told me his first Melbourne Cup memory was of his dad, who was normally a, a conservative man, getting up out of the chair and riding Kingston Town home harder than Malcolm Johnson and cheering for him. I think the whole country wanted him to win that day. And Except a young 12-year-old yeah, kid. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And um, that still scars me. So then I rang Miracle Mal and and had him talk about the race 40 years on. So I'm writing that tomorrow. It's really, you know, it's fascinating listening to Malcolm admit he would do things different if he had the chance, but that's life. So you what's know? your um, Melbourne Cup memory? Yeah, it's you so, must have millions. So many, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of one when I was a kid, but the two which obviously will forever stay with me was Media Puzzle 02. And if you didn't have a tear in your eye that day, you haven't got blood in your veins because that was obviously the Damien Oliver moment and a week after his brother Jason had died. It was just an extraordinary emotion-charged day. And then to be there to see Maccabi Diva win the third cup, win all three, I, I doubt that'll happen again, Dino. And so you saw a piece of racing history that may never be repeated. Mm. Any cheeky stories that happened that didn't make the media, Ray, that you're involved in? Are you talking about my Kerry Packer story? Yes, oh. I am. That did make the media. That. It did make the media. It took twenty. Reveal years. all. It Come took, on. It took Spit twenty. Spit it years out, Ray. I had to wait this is a great years. story. Well, yeah, no, depends what it was. I, I was writing a column for Shane Dye at the time, and and Shane Dye. What year was this? Sorry. To nineteen ninety eight. Nineteen ninety eight. Yeah. Right. And Dye said, "We're going to have dinner on Thursday night after the Oaks," and I said, "Good as gold." Of course, the Melbourne Cup was won by Jezebel. There was a massive plunge on Jezebel. I'm talking massive, and. Um, Cole Allen, her old editor, rang me up on the Wednesday morning. I said, I don't care if you don't come home for six months. I don't care if I don't see in the office for six months. I want to know who backed Jezebel. That's Cole for you. Yeah. And that's like asking a, a, a doctor patient. Like, doctors don't give away information. Bookmakers don't give away um, uh, their, their punters unless that punter is happy for that to go, go to the media. This person wasn't. And um, it, it was Kerry Packer. But I didn't know at the time. And Cole being Cole is very, very persuasive. So he hangs up very abruptly on that Wednesday morning. And as a young bloke, I only just started at the time. What am I going to do here? I've got no chance. And a friend of mine who remained nameless, who works in the bookmaking profession, I made a call to him, told him the story. I said, mate, is there any chance you can help me? Give me some steer. There was a long pregnant pause on the phone. And my friend said, you're not going to believe this. And I said, what? He said, he's back the horse with us. I said, who has? He said, Kerry Packer. And he said, I'll give it, just keep our name out of it. I'll give you the conversation, because it was all recorded in those days, the conversation, the bets that he had and everything. So he put it on the front page next morning, next on the Thursday morning, Cole. Packer, $6 million plunge, wins cup, following the conversation. I'm on the way to Flemington for the Oaks meeting, and Cole Allen rings up, and he goes, Ray, are you sure the story's right? I said, I beg your pardon? He said, are you sure the story's right? And I said, what do you mean? They're not the words you yeah, want to hear. <laughs> this is your editor. And I said, what do you mean? Why? I said, of course it is. And he said, I just had Kerry Packer on the phone. And I said, yeah, I want you sacked. And I said, you're kidding, Cole. He said, no, once you sacked, are you 100% rock solid with the sources? I said, yeah. So Kerry was denying it? Yeah. Kerry had rung Cole and said, sack this bloke. Who was this bloke? Sack him. I don't know who he is. Anyway, so Cole said, if, if you're 100% rock solid with this, I'll stand by So he did. Anyway, so I don't know what happened during the course of the day but I was as nervous as anything all day that night I've gone out for dinner with Shane Dye and we're sitting down and in the restaurant walks Lloyd Williams and guess who oh no, no. I, I have my back to the door I told Dye the story about <laughs> half an hour earlier in walks Lloyd Shane Dye burst out laughing it was a fun hey Lloyd come over hey Kerry come over oh no I know Lloyd Williams introduced to G'day Shane Dye goes hey Kerry this is Ray Thomas he shook my hand grunted walked off no confrontation? No confrontation, so. <laughs> <laughs> I was shaking, Who I was says nervous. journalism's fun? Oh, jeez. Anyway, everyone's got to carry back a story in journalism. But, yeah, so what, what's your great moment? It's that Gurners Lane. Oh, Gurners yeah, What's your biggest win on the cup? I had a, actually won last year. I backed very elegant. Oh, you did? That's right. I can't yeah. remember. I think yeah. I had 
I'm not a big punter, right? 20 each way, That's whatever right, it was. No, it but I think I pulled in a couple of hundred bucks. Yeah. But yeah, no, well, um, it's always a fun day, isn't it? I'm it, going, as I said, to Ramwick this year. Yeah, and the big dancers, um, given the Sydney side is a good race to look forward to. That's 40 minutes prior to the Kappa. Kappa course is at 3 o'clock. The big dance, which is worth $2 million, is at 2.20. Um, that's over the Randwick Mile. So you'll have a good race to watch and then get ready for the Cup. So I was going to drive. Mm-hmm. Is it un-Australian they would go to the races? <laughs> Thank you, Hamish. That's the point I'm just about to make. <laughs> is it un-Australian to go to the races on Melbourne Cup Day and drink lemonade? I think you know the answer to that one. It's yes, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, you just take a taxi. <laughs> just take a taxi and enjoy the day. Yeah, yeah okay. All right. <laughs> I'm having a few drinks then. Uh, you should, and, and you'll enjoy it. Full time in that Rugby League World Cup match, Australia 66 have defeated Italy 6. Didn't see a lot of it, um, Dino, so it was interesting that they played um, Cleary and DCE either side of the ruck, um, not the traditional half 5-8 combination, but did you see much of it? What, what do we glean from it? Oh, not a lot, Ray. I, I find it hard to extract anything from these, these wins. Mm. You know what it is? It's just going through the motions. It's ticking the boxes. Get these games out of the way before we get down. Don't to get injured. Serious stuff. I had a crack at the World Cup last week. I'm not going to have another no. go. Yeah. All World Cups are, uh, you know, they, they have these lopsided results. Yeah. We just have to live with it. I did notice one thing though, Ray, and I'll mm-hmm. get myself in the hot water again here. Mm-hmm. I can't help myself. That the Socceroos came forward during the week with some political statements about their looming World Cup uh, and about the. World Cup hosts Qatar about their human rights, etc., etc. But again, I said it last week: is there a place for sportsmen to be critical in terms of politics? I don't know. I keep saying no. I'll let the listeners out there have their say. Ray, everyone's entitled to their views. They are, but 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 timing's strange. I keep saying if they feel that strongly, then boycott the tournament. Don't go. Really make a stand. But to make a stand via video, then go across there, and stay play, in five-star yeah. hotels, pick up your fat paychecks, yeah. seems a bit hypocritical to me. Yeah, so if you're going to do it, do it properly, make a stand. I would applaud that. Yeah. But for some PR spin video where players are condemning the host nation and then going across there and accepting their hospitality, hmm. reeks of hypocrisy to me. Yeah, no, a lot of people would agree with you. Hey, uh, Dino, a couple of people are chiming in with their favourite Melbourne Cup story. Steve from Rudy Hill, the only Melbourne Cup winner I won on was Brew because I love a beer. That was in 2000. But my favourite was when Might and Power hung on to beat Doremus by a nose, both champion horses, 1997. That was a famous finish, Dino, when Greg Hall went up and gave a big salute to the crowd on Doremus, thinking he'd won. But Jimmy Cassie on Might and Power hung on. Rod from Forster has to be media puzzle, boys. I still don't know how Damien Oliver found the strength after the week he had to ride that horse to win. It was truly an emotional experience, 100%, uh, Rod. Fitzy, I'm with you here. Fitzy says, morning, boys. What about the luckless gin martini yesterday? She ran into more backsides than a proctologist. <laughs> oh, she was super unlucky. <laughs> Wayne texts in too. Ray, I loved your Kerry Packer story. Uh, he also texts in Wayne saying, the oh, quiz score, 27-19 mm. to you. And our great mate, Willow of Windsor, says people like Kevin Peterson and Michael Vaughan shouldn't be whinging about <laughs> the weather. Their home country is England, the king of rain delays. That's true. Valid point. So Windsor, our, our talk topic today is favourite Melbourne Cup moments. So call us on 13-53-53 or SMS 0419-767-272. Dino, before we go to a break, very, very sad news. Yesterday morning we woke up to that um, trainer Gwenda Markwell, who's an absolute icon of Kembla Grange, passed away after a battle with cancer. It was very, very sad. She was aged only 61. Um, a wonderful horse trainer. Devoted her life to that the industry. She dominated racing in the Kembla Grange region for, for two decades. Won numerous Group 1s. Here's her last Group 1 win, Angel of, Tr- of Truth, in the 2019 ATC Australian Derby. Another straight, Angel of Truth comes up the rise, two in front. From Costello, in a twinkling, Madison County taking a rails run. Then came Surely Sacred, the chosen one from a mile back. The Angel of Truth in front, Madison County's going into second. Angel of Truth, two lengths clear. Surely Sacred, Madison County, the chosen one late. But Angel of Truth is well clear. And Angel of Truth makes all in the derby, wins it by three lengths.
Hunter's Postmortem with Dave Stanley. When you look at their stallions they've had, he would be one of their most important stallions ever. He ticks every box. Ron Duppersey. Jake Mumman might want him in his backyard. He might be his, <laughs> first, his, his personal stallion. Dean Lester. I think Dubai's the first port of call, maybe. 1,800 metre turf race there. The shape would get to see him very much in his home patch there. Hunter's Postmortem. Monday, 9am, Racing HQ. Mum, what would you say about a bonus Woolworths Supermarket e-gift card worth up to $400 on selected kitchen and laundry appliances at Bingley? Can you say it again? No. It's a great deal. You say it. A bonus Woolworths Supermarket yep. e-gift card yep. worth up to $400. Yep. Can I have a rest? On selected kitchen and laundry appliances at Bingley. It's a great deal of worth. Bingley, better living every day. I'm here with David Warner reacting to the news that some people are not signed up to KO and will just assume their cricket matches on the telly. Thoughts, David? Yeah, nah, don't assume. Well, there you have it. David Warner says, don't assume. KO Sports. Watch all your team's matches. G'day, it's Sean Garlic here from Garlow's Pies. The best thing about our pies is the deliciously flaky pastry on top, a bottom which is rolled extra thin, and a filling which is bursting with flavour. Plenty of flavours to choose from, like lean beef, curry beef, sausage rolls. We even have junior pies that you can give to the whole family. Find us in the Coles and Woolworths chilled meals section. And if you can't find us, ask for us by name. Garlow's Pies, we're thin on pastry, we're big on meat. Crystal Pegasus in the centre, joined by Shawfire, and then came Serpentine. Shawfire with 150 metres to go. Serpentine is fighting back, but Shawfire's about three quarters. Now elect Serpentine. Shawfire wins it. Shawfire from Serpentine and Crystal Pegasus warding for fourth. On Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, this is the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Welcome back to the show. That was Surefire winning the Archer Stake, which is the old Hotham, Dalgetty, Saab, Lexus, but had a million um, names over the years. But the 2,500 metre lead up into the cup, didn't it? So I meant to ask you, hmm. was it confirmed that Kerry Packer had the bets? Oh, yeah, yeah. So it was no, all done? Yeah, no, he didn't sue. Right, OK. <laughs> no, so I kept my job, so he didn't sue. Uh, Aren't those horrible moments in a oh, journalist's career, though, I when you think, died. you know you've got it right, but when someone vehemently denies oh, it, then you yeah. think, oh, no. Well, imagine how I felt when he walked into the restaurant. Oh, I nearly <laughs> died. Seriously. Hey, Ray, before we go on, could I give a quick plug? Yep. yep. You met him up Second yesterday. Second yesterday. Good fellow. Terry, Terry Evans, yeah. our favourite trainer from up there yeah. in Foster. Great man. Terry, always have a beer with him every year. Next Sunday at 11 o'clock at the stables on course at Tun Curry. He's got an open day, Ray. Then there's a sausage so sizzle not, on. Not today. Next Sunday. Correct. Yep. I think he, um, yeah, you bumped him yesterday. Yeah, yeah, it's Sir Ravenelli. It was a big run on the highway. Ran, ran a great race. He ran third. Um, lovely grey horse. You, you, easy to spot in a race, and he's just so consistent. So he loves a drink, you know, Terry. That's okay. Nothing wrong with that. No, no. Yeah. Just pouring it out. Take centre and leg when you've got you a go couple up of mates that I know come. who are big drinkers too. Okay. <laughs> no. We better move on, Dino. It's um, race replay time. You mentioned it earlier, Star of India. He's a really promising horse. The internationals are 1 3 4 here. Star of India for Annabelle Nisham in the Rose Hill Gold Cup. Quality time spins in front from Kiss the Bride. Yonkers gets going. So does Star of India on the outside. And two further back to Bois de Jean. Star of India moved up on the outside of Quality Time. Yonkers fighting on between them. It's Star of India just in front from Yonkers. Now into the clear. He's a shocker running on strongly. It's Star of India in front. He's a shocker. The outside. Star of India from He's a shocker. Star of India clings on. Star of India just from He's a shocker. I think Arthur Baskin got up to run third in front of Yonkers. Yeah, well, Star of India from He's a Shocker. Boy, Star Gent just held on for third. Athabaskan, very, very good run um, in the Rose Hill Gold Cup. On to the Nature Strip Stakes. Dino, he was sensational, private eye. We earn a smart one at odds. Leads around the corner from Eduardo. Lost and running, hooking out. Then Marzu looking for a rails run. Clear from rocketing by Kemantari and Riadini. We earn a smart one. Being challenged now by Eduardo and lost and running. Moves up on the outside. Marzu's going along the rails. Kemantari and Private Eye down the outside. Private Eye, let's go with a big run. Marzu up the fence. Private Eye, the big win in the nature strip stakes. Has come from last to beat Marzu and Kemantari. 
commentary. We smart... He was absolutely sensational, wasn't he, Private Eye? Marzu, another terrific race. Kementari, gee, he's ran well, the old boy, for third. We own a smart one, close up fourth. On to the big one, the Golden Eagle. This was an absolutely thrilling race to watch. Peter Moody and Luke Nolan combine with I Wish I Win. Cardinal Gem back on the fence with Gypsy Goddess as they turn and Light Infantry gives away a big start. In the Congo's got a great kick at the 300. In the Congo, two length clear from Mr Mozart. I Wish I Win is starting to power into the race and quickly I Wish I Win at the 200 metres. A shot to the front. Gypsy Goddess along the rails. Fangirl late on the scene. I Wish I Win in front. Here's Fangirl the outside. Fangirl goes to I Wish I Win who kicked and won. I Wish I Win just from Fangirl and Gypsy Goddess and a great finish. Closing off at the end line. Gee, now that call, didn't he? Darren Frindell got it right. Saw Fangirl coming. I wish I win. Hung on. Fangirl, probably a touch unlucky second. Gypsy Goddess, very good for third. As was Hope in Your Heart, fourth. Hinge the Barry didn't help. Oh, fascinating race to watch, Dino. Can we get Darren Frindell on as a guest one day? Why not? I reckon it'd be fascinating. Okay. How they remember all those colours yeah. and horses, if, it, it. it intrigues me. And they get it right. They nail it. Why don't we get him on? Let's do it. I'll ask him to come on next week, maybe. Love to. Good man, Darren. Love he to. loves his Tigers. Loves his footy, too. Loves his West Tigers. Well, can't help that. That's all right. He sticks solid, even for the bad times. <laughs> and there's been plenty of those. <laughs> there's been a few of them. On to Flemington. Three group ones. The Sydney trainers cleaned up. Coolmore Stud stakes the first. She's a good filly for Godolphin in secret. Cool and Gadder is right there, getting through them as well. And then came Meridius and Lofty Strikers running on. 300 metres to go. Grand impact from Cool and Gadder, Queen of the Ball, followed by In Secret, who's also coming on. Grand impact, Cool and Gadder grabbed by the filly. In Secret, In Secret takes the lead. A wall out wide coming, including Say Magic, but it's In Secret clear. J Mac riding the lights out. In Secret won it. Two leagues, Say Magic won it. Not Jay's up for third from Lofty Strikes, Sajard and yeah, he was riding the lights out yesterday, J-Mac, as he has all spring. Four winners yesterday. Four for the Dino. first six races, I think, right? Yeah, he also won an old flame in the Linlithgow Stakes, Zenzella in the Wakeful, and he won earlier in the day on Shore Fire in the Archer Stakes, who's not in the Melbourne Cup. He wasn't entered. On then to race seven, the Victoria Derby. Chris Wallace thinks this might be a potential Melbourne Cup horse in 2023. Man's voice. Into the running, Fujita San at the 400 metres, led a length and a half to Pericles Muramasa. Then came Sharp and Smart over on the far side, and Mr. Maestro unleashing out wider. They've got to Fujita San at the 250, Pericles Muramasa, Sharp and Smart, and Mr. Maestro with Manzois, who's coming home hard. Sharp and Smart with 100 metres to go, led a length and a half to Manzois, who's trying hard. Sharp and Smart, tiring Manzois is wearing it down, coming hard and won the derby. Manzois from Sharp and Smart, third out wide. Abba Feldy, boy, a massive run. They were followed by a photo for fourth. Uh, he's um, a great call, is he, Matty Hill? We're pretty blessed, aren't we, in Dino in Australia with our race calls. That was another great call. On to the Empire Rose Stakes, Ice Bath. The Sydney press room, I reckon the whole the crowd at Rose Hill erupted when Brad Widdup's mare snuck up the inside to win the Empire Rose. Then Lacriku has a little bit of chasing to do from Kiku Exolita. Back in the field, Mirror Vision, Daisy's Ice Bath, Paliza Pan, Yearning My Whisper. She's lickety split, went for home, sprinted up at the 300. Lacriku under the whip chasing, then Exolita. Mirror Vision the outside, and Ice Bath up on the fence. Lacriku moves up at the clock tower from Exolita. Mirror Vision and Ice Bath over on the inside. Lacriku just in front of Ice Bath and Mirror Vision. Ice Bath up on the inside, and Lacriku, Ice Bath holding on Ice Bath, such a trier, such a brave mare and won it. Ice Bath from Mirror Vision, photo third, La Creek Exolita, then a tissue kiss on all four. Yeah, she finally gets her stakes win, Dino, and it was a group one, so congratulations to Ice Bath, Brad Widdup, and that man Craig Williams again, Dino. What about a couple of texts? Yeah, if we get away. through them, right? Yeah. I love this one. Milkman, yes. <clears throat> Excuse me. Morning, guys. My favourite cup moment, travelling by bus from Yass to Melbourne with a mate to see the 1983 Cup mm. Kiwi winning. 21 years old, no accommodation, <laughs> no tickets and no idea. But it fueled subsequent more organised <laughs> trips to the Cup over the next few years. I love those Melbourne Cup stories, Ray. Uh, Matt from Balgala. Morning, gents. The only one I know who drove to the races and drank soft drink was my sister-in-law. 
And that's because she was pregnant. <laughs> it's a slap in the face for, for, for all we red-blooded males it who is, yeah. should be having a beer. Okay. Laurie's on the line, wants to talk about our talk topic. Dino, Laurie, good morning. Hello, fellas. Um, I'd like to say that about one of my great stories. Yeah, fire away, Laurie. The year June won the Melbourne Cup, I boxed five horses. Mm-hmm. They ran second Paris Bow at 7-1. to Umphala was 100-1, to and Double Blank ran third at 200-1. to and Jern beat me. Yeah, Jern. He was uh, Wayne Harris, uh, David Hayes beat Paris Lane. Yeah, it, it happens, doesn't it, Laurie? We've all got those stories and near misses, but somehow it always remains in your mind. Kingston Down does for mine. That's Thanks. Sorry, Laurie. Fetter fellas would have paid a thousand. Yeah, would have paid anything. Yeah. Oh, they're on again today and tomorrow and Tuesday. So best of luck on. What do you like in the cup, Laurie? Uh, I like the one that David Haynes, David uh, Payne's got. Mon- Montefilia? Mon- yeah, I'm with you, yeah. Laurie. Yeah, I hope you're right. I'll, I'll be giving He's her... a very good trainer, that fella. Very good trainer of stayers. Yeah, and he set it for this race, not just for 12 months. Last year, he could have gone to the Melbourne Cup. He said, no, she wasn't ready. I'll wait until 2022, and hopefully he can get it right on Tuesday. Des is on the line. Des, good morning. How you going, fellas? Terrific. Des, what do you got for us, mate? Oh, before I talk about the best Melbourne Cup, on the favourite Melbourne Cup, just on this... Um, like the rugby league ball, Bulldogs, right? I mean, we're having these playoff scores. But on this cricket, this T20 cricket, um, I'm calling on betting agencies to now include a price for a washout. Mm. Yeah, well, we've got plenty of rain around Australia at the moment, haven't we? Yeah, we yeah. can shorten the odds by a bit and give you four <laughs> or five to one a washout, and I'll make a washout. <laughs> Des, what it's done in my eyes, certainly as a... And I love my cricket. I could watch cricket every day. It's but frustrating for well, It's frustrating, it? but it's also stopped any momentum for the tournament. And with the Rugby League World Cup on and, and, the, and the racing at its peak for the year, Ray, I'm finding it hard to get into the T20 World Cup, to be honest with you, Des. Yeah. I think we might have lost Des, but, but, Des but, but you're right. But, but it's just got no momentum, Ray. Yeah, so um, it, and it's frustrating when you're massive hype. And look, I understand there was something on next door, but it wasn't like that rain wasn't forecast for days and it was raining in Melbourne on Thursday, I understand. And anyway, it's happened now. It is what it is. We'll take a quick break. Dino, because coming up next, Joe Pride. The putters panel. The track is the most important thing here because if it's really wet, you can probably put the line through at least two or three of them. It's going to be able to handle a bit of rain, the position it is at the moment. And I'm expecting improvement if the track's not bad from Promise of Success. So totally put the line through it the other day. Promise of Success in front from Electric Girl and Promise of Success wins the invitation. The putters panel. Friday morning, Racing HQ. G'day, Sean Garlic here from Garlow's Pies. The best thing about our pies is the deliciously flaky pastry on top, a bottom which is rolled extra thin, and a filling which is bursting with flavour. Plenty of flavours to choose from, like lean beef, curry beef, sausage rolls. We even have junior pies that you can give to the whole family. Find us in the Coles and Woolworths chilled meals section. And if you can't find us, ask for us by name. Garlow's Pies, we're thin on pastry, we're big on meat. Get more on tap at your local this spring carnival with the new Tab app. Share every race with your mates live, plus exclusive in-venue markets and offers. And a bit of this, this too. This, go you good thing. And inevitably, this. For exclusive markets and offers on tap, use venue mode at your local on the new Tab app. Gamble responsibly. Gamblers help 1800 858 858. KO Sports interrupt your ads to bring you T20 World Cup action. Truly is brilliant from Rishabh Pant. Catch India versus South Africa at break free in play tonight on KO Sports. Now back to your ads. Foreign-owned bookies like Sportsbet and Ladbrokes are taxed less than other Australian gambling products. Support our call for fair play. Visit fairplaycoalition.com.au for more details. Authorised by Aussie Fair Play Coalition Proprietary Limited, Melbourne. Kemantari and Private Eye down the outside. Private Eye, let's go with a big run. Mazu up the fence. Private Eye, the big win in the Nature Strip Stakes, has come from last to beat Mazu and Kemantari. We end a smart one fourth in rocketing by Riadini. On Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, this is the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Welcome back to the show. Um, Dino Wayne has quite rightly pointed out, Ray, what do you mean Darren Flindell got it right? He always does. He always does. <laughs> I love this though, Ray. Uh, from Stu, 
Dino, you wondered how the race callers get all the names and colours right in races. What about all the different Mashani horses at the mm. first or in the first at Eagle Farm yesterday? There was only one who wasn't a Mashani. Yeah, Mashani. Tell Renegade, us why, Ray. Same, same owner, same trainer, same, trainer, same, same connections. He names all his horses. So how many Mashanis are in the race? Nine of ten. <laughs> And a caller got it right. Mashani Renegade won from Mashani Raider, Mashani Mystique, Mashani Metallic. Then Magic Amillo ran fifth. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Okay, we just heard um, Darren Fendell calling Private Eye. Gee, was spectacular yesterday. Trainer Joe Pride's on the line. Joe, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Congratulations on yes, another great day for the stable. He has gone to a new level, Joe, hasn't he, Private Eye? This time last year, he was running in 2,000-metre McKinnons. Right now, he's in the very, very top echelon of our nation's sprinters. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's quite incredible. Um, he, he ran really well in the McKinnon when I sent him down. He's mm. on the back up of a, from a run in the Eagle where he drew wide and didn't have much luck. And he, he ran the fastest last 800, 400 in Furlong in that McKinnon. Yeah. So, not bad, you know, to sort of come back now. And, and I, I do think he'll run 2,000 metres yeah, exactly. um, again yeah. at some point. Um, going to send him down and run him in the mile this week if I'm happy with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, pulled up really well this morning. So, I can't see why he wouldn't be taking his place in that uh, Champions Mile next Saturday. He's an amazing horse. Joe, you said something to me a couple of weeks ago in the build-up to the Everest and when I asked you about Private Eye in particular um, and how he seemed to have... It's silly to say, but gained speed. And you said you've trained a number of horses over the years who, as they've got older, have actually got faster. I've kept thinking about that. Can, can you try and explain to our listeners what you actually meant and how can a horse, as they get older, actually get faster? Yeah, look, I think we underestimate um, uh, you know, how much horses can improve if they're given time. Mm. And when we talk about horses that, you know, for him, he's five years old. Well, you know, in, in human terms, um, he's probably basically basically the equivalent of being, say, you know, a 25 year old. Um, and as a 25 year old, if you've looked after yourself, um, you're probably entitled to be basically at the peak of your powers as an athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whereas as a two year old or a three year old, you, you're basically only in your teenage years. So I, I think it's under, and we, and we do rush a lot of horses off the races and, yeah. and have the careers wound up, I think, prematurely. Uh, basically, because of the wear and tear that they've they've, in, they've endured through those early years, so he was uh, he was very likely raced um, early on this horse, and um, you know, I think he's just he's just he's at the peak of his powers at the mm-hmm. moment, and uh, we're seeing you know, exactly how good he is. Exactly. Well, just yesterday, I know you're probably aware of this. His last 600 metres in 33.17, fastest <laughs> of the day, closing 200, 11.08 fastest of the day clearly and he ran a 1083 sectional between the four and the two gee he's got incredible speed yeah, yeah. brenton said to me he says um if if his last section looks slow as in his last hundred don't worry because he was easing up mm-hmm. um and he, he well, it still looks quick <laughs> yeah it's still quick yeah it's amazing isn't it yeah. you know, and he, he, he he the last the last 50 passes sat up on him and, and, and enjoyed the ride um it was an amazing win. I, funny, I didn't watch the replay. I was sort of caught up with the horses down at the stalls, and, yep. and I only watched it once there yesterday until I got home. And um, and when I watched the replay, it absolutely blew me away. Stunning win! Stunning win! Just uh, it was an amazing, phenomenal performance. Mm. Like just that last, that last yeah, two hundred and fifty meters. Well, from, from looks the... like he's maybe going to be in the finish. To yeah. just putting them to bed. Probably from the four hundred when he peeled out, you sort of sensed he was going to unleash. Joe, and then he did, and the sectional times back it up. Yeah, no, he's, he's an amazing horse. Um, he just may be the uh, may may end up being the best horse. I always had Terra Vista in mind as the best horse, and Eduardo sort of replaced him over the last couple of seasons, and and now this horse might go on to you know even even yeah um, mm. uh, higher higher than him. So yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Joe, what is Private Eye's best distance? Yeah, yet to be yet to be. Um, Yet to be really discovered, I think. Um, so I'm, I'm open-minded about it. And um, if he can, if he can run the mile out well next week, um, in the same preparation where he sprinted so well, it, it really highlights his versatility. And he may be a horse that you know he, he's not. He doesn't necessarily have a, a, a pet distance. He's just good at whatever he does. Mm. So, um, look, he's won twice already. He won a Queensland Guinea. He's won a, in an Epsom. So there's no doubt he can run a mile. Um, 
Let's see if he can do it as well as he can sprint. Uh, Joe Fitzy has texted in. Hey, boys, can you please ask Joe how Eduardo pulled up? Yeah, look, he, he seems fine again this morning. Um, not his prep, clearly. He started it off really well. Um, he's going to... I'd say what I'll end up doing with him um, this week is doing uh, scintigraphy, which is uh, basically a, an overall body body scan where they um, put a radioactive dye into them and they and the highlights what they call hot spots, so any any points of um, you know bone damage or inflammation. Mm. We can't can't basically see he's cleared by the vet again after the race yesterday, but Nash is adamant that he's sore. So um, we can't find anything here at home. But, yeah, you've got to suggest under pressure he is feeling something. Yeah. He was only beaten a couple of lengths yesterday and it was a much better run than the Everest, but he's not um, he's not doing what he's what he's done. And in the past, um, to be fair, he's, um, he's nine and he's done a lot of hard racing in the last couple of seasons. Maybe that's taken its toll. Um, but I, I'm, I'm very keen to get to the bottom of it. Yeah, no, obviously I hope you do find something there. Explain, because you're such a, a genuine horse. Just quickly, Joe, I'll ask you about Stockman in a sec. One of our listeners, Andy, has just chimed in. I bet Joe couldn't ever say in its career that Private Eye has been disappointing. He always tries. He'll be close to the best horse in the country in 12 months. He's probably almost there now. Um, one of our listeners has also chimed in. Um, has it ever been tried of a horse running on Derby Day in Sydney and then running in the Melbourne Cup three days later? I guess, to be fair, we didn't have a, a spring carnival which would have suited that preparation, but it did Stockman yesterday. Ran the best eighth you would ever see going into a Melbourne Cup. It was a good. It was a very good run. Yeah, I mean, sort of going back to that, it's it's, it's funny how much attention it's it's, it's captured yeah. this week. Um, where you know, ten years ago, fifteen years ago, it was just a done thing, and mm. so many horses have won Melbourne Cups running on the Saturday. So whether he runs in Melbourne or Sydney, I, I, I'm not seeing any difference there. Um, but um, that was a fantastic run. Yeah. Um, so yeah, really, um, really pleased with the way he's come up, and happy to see him draw a nice barrier there. Um, Yesterday, yeah, which gate two, going yeah. to really help him, mm-hmm. and then he's got um, the advantage too. I mean, yesterday was on top of the ground. He he absolutely loves the wet tracks, yeah. and he looks like he'll get a. He might even get a heavy tracker there on, on Wednesday, uh, Tuesday, sorry, which would be very much to his advantage. And a bit more of an old-fashioned Melbourne Cup, if I can say that, because not as many imports as in recent years. Um, and maybe it is the time for the old um, Saturday into the Tuesday formula working again. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I'm pretty sure I'm right in saying Bart won 11 of his Melbourne Cups, 11 of his 12 Melbourne Cups running horses on the Saturday mm-hmm. before. And, and typically they were runs like you saw from Stockman yesterday. It always used to be in the McKinnon, sometimes in the... Um, in the old Hotham, yeah. I'm not sure what they call that race now, the Lexus, is it the, the staying race? On yeah, the, the Archer Saturday, Stakes now, the old Hotham. The Archer yeah. Stakes, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but, you know, it's... It always used to be the pathway, and, and I thought it was appropriate for this horse, and mm-hmm. I'm glad I did. He was bright and happy this morning. He's got a he's got a float trip this afternoon, but he handles that well. So, um, looking forward to it. It's, yeah. a, it's an exciting exciting week for the stable. We mm. sort of got it off to a good start yesterday, and we've got um, you know those two horses, same two horses, to run again this week. So. Yep, been a great spring so far for the stable, Joe. You've got your first Melbourne Cup runner on Tuesday. You're not making up the numbers either. He's a massive chance, Stockman. Private Eye to Flemington for a Group 1 next weekend. Thanks for joining us this morning. Have a great week. Best of luck at Flemington. Great. Thanks very much, guys. There's Joe Pride. He's had a tremendous spring, and that horse, Private Eye, has gone to a new level. Richie Callender's on the line. Richie, good morning. And, um, boy, he was sensational yesterday, Private Eye, wasn't he? Good morning, Ray. Good morning, Bulldog. Yeah, mate, he was outstanding. And uh, I know that uh, Bulldog just asked Joe what he thinks the best distance is, and you know, maybe it's still up in the air, but you know, to do what he did in an Everest and then to do that yesterday, mm. I tell you what, you've only got to say 1,200 metres. But, uh, yeah, look, he's a, he's a rising star. Joe Pride's a horseman. He looks after his horses like all trainers, but he he's no rush on them. You know, mm. that, when you've got a bigger stable, it's easy to be patient. Joe's got a, a nice number there at Warwick Farm, but he's yet got so, so much patience as a trainer, uh, like his former boss, John Size, did. And now they rip the rewards. And, and look, you've got to have the owners to be patient. And Jamie Walter and his team, of course, the brother of the late great Guy Walter. Yeah. The one thing Guy always was was patient. Jamie's very much. You stand there with Jamie. He's only a half length behind Nasha Willa for the slowest talkers and methodical <laughs> talkers you'll ever hear. Very measured man. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Very much so. Exactly. Hey, um, uh, Rich. Peter Moody, great to see him and Luke Nolan combine again to win the Golden Eagle with I Wish I Win. Peter's always been a very 
measured and intelligent man. Gee, he spoke well yesterday. He, he didn't need to be asked. He spoke about the, the, the so-called carnival clashes, but he also spoke about the benefit it's, it brings to the racing industry, the participants, the punters, the fans. It was common sense. It was great to listen from a Victorian trainer who wasn't bluing. He just won, I know, but he's seeing how this is really stimulating racing and interest in the sport right across the country. I, I couldn't agree with you more, Ray. I heard, I, I watched Peter's speech yesterday afternoon. I watched it again last night when I was doing the replays late last night. You're spot on the mark. Forget about the naysayers. Forget about those that are sitting there with a head in the sand saying, oh, this is spring. This should be Melbourne. You know what? It's not. You know, this is about what's best for racing in Australia. And the best for racing in Australia to have the two major states competing on the same day, having great racing, having top-class jockeys, top-class trainers, and having people that are punters. You know, the customers, yeah. the customers enjoying what is a magnificent day, as Peter said yesterday, when the Caulfield Cup clashed with the uh, with the Everest. It was a great day. Yesterday, wow, what a day it was. The, a derby day. And you know what? I wrote in my column last week, Ray, on racing, mm. it was, you can't live in the past. St. George Lee's Club used to be the number one club in New South Wales. But for a lot, they just sat there. You know, the old management of the tab 20 years ago, 15 years ago, they were probably a half yard behind. Then the cobalt makers come up. Now the tabs have to lift their game to maintain number one. And the VRC, you just can't think every year, let's do the Melbourne Cup tour, and that's going to be sufficient. No, it's, it's I love the Melbourne Cup, but no one's talking about the Melbourne Cup. We're talking about the Golden Eagle, which I've got no doubt in a short lifetime, and this is this might be mad, Ray, but I've got no doubt in another couple of years it'll be recognised as the best race in the country. Yeah, well, I think the time has come, and I know this is going to upset some people, but common sense would tell you that um, I'm sick of that expression, pop-up races, Rich, because they're not. The Everest is here to stay. The Golden Eagle right. is here to stay. They're Group 1 races in every way, shape, or form. People say they're restricted. No, they're not. Every race is restricted to a certain extent. You can't run a maid in the Melbourne Cup, for example. They are Group 1 races in every way, shape, or form. I think the All-Star Mile should be a Group 1. I think the industry has got to get back, the Patent Committee, back to the table and start rubber stamping the rightful races as our majors. 100%. Un unfortunately, the, the one thing that you always know is it wins is self-interest. Mm. Every race is a pop-up race at one stage. It's ridiculous. Uh, and, and that's the thing. Every race is a pop-up race, but nowadays, you know, the Cox Plate is regarded as one of the great races. It's an it's a basically an invitation race from the committee. And no disrespect to the committee, but I wouldn't say all the committee members understand racing. They're on the committee of a race club. Mm. They're there to run the club, to you know, oversee the management running a club. They shouldn't be there to select what horses are going to be in a race because they haven't got the, you know, the, the expertise to do that. But that's what we've regarded. That's what we've done over years for the Cox Plate. Forget mm. about all the naysays. At the moment, I think things are going swimmingly. Everyone's got a result. There's prize money, as Peter Moody said yesterday. You know, there's a massive pie to go around mm. at the moment. He was just happy to get his little share of the pie, yes, piece of the pie yesterday. More success, Rich. Your horse, Waterford. How nice good? Nice How horse. good? Yeah, look, look. If you be honest, Bulldog, he's a little bit of, and like I'm only a small, a small little pea in the pot of the uh, Waterford. But the one thing you know, you always think what could have been, and unfortunately. Uh, I know it took up a page and a half in this George report. Luck didn't go his way two weeks ago, yeah. and therefore he wasn't able to be in the uh, the Golden Eagle. Would have he won the Golden Eagle? I don't know, but he would have gave him a shake. I know that. He ran a very quick time under a throttle hold late yesterday. He was dominant. He's a mm. nice horse. But you know what? We just said it, Bulldog. Yeah, you, you can't you can't live in the past. We had a, I had a special day yesterday. I remember my late brother, Matt. Yeah, more important things in life. We lost a champion on Friday night in Gwenda Markle. Mm. Well, celebrated five years with my brother yesterday. Um, we've got to live in the thing, and the future for Waterford looks promising. Yeah, exactly. Spoke to Chris after the race. Chris Wally, a trainer. Not sure long-term goals. Doncaster was mentioned. I guess that's the the um, exciting part, Rich. You just don't know how good he is, where the ceiling is. But enjoy the ride. Hey, Rich, thanks so much, as always, on a Sunday morning. And I'll we'll oh, watch your cup tip quickly. My cup tip, uh, probably Durston or Macram. Oh, sorry, they're not in the right. <laughs> mate. Um, mate, I honestly, I, I, I'll tip Stockman. There you go. But yep. can I just have one cheerio to finish? Mm -hmm. A young girl in the Sutherland Shire called Ella Watson. She is the biggest Ray Thomas fan in the world, bigger than Kenya. And Ella said to me, can you just do me one day and say hello to me and, and tell Ray that I think he's super on the radio. Ella Watson, she's a star of the Sutherland Shire. What does she see in him? Exactly, yeah. No, it's radio, she's saying. Okay.
has Bulldog. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky it's radio. Hey, good, good on you, uh, Rich. Thanks so much and good morning, Ella, and we'll talk next week. Tanya's in studio. Scratching's times, Tan. Morning, boys. What's that woman's number? <laughs> <laughs> no, she's, she's all good. Just kidding, just kidding, Ella, no. No problem whatsoever. <laughs> Racing today in Goulburn and Musselbrook, boys. We'll start with Goulburn where the weather is fine. The track is a good four. The rail is true. Penetrometer 4.8 and 27 scratchings. From race one, take out five, own the night. Nine, I'll be nimble and the and the emergency 15, 5, 9 and 15. Race 2, number 2, the Herald. 7, press Sydney, 2 and 7. Race 3, number 1, Houdat. 3, Remus and 7, Radiohead. 1, 3 and 7. Race 4, take out 2, Profits Pride and 11, the Fancy Jones Girl. 2 and 11. Race 5, number 2, Awesome John. 3, 2, Dubawi Stay. 12, Flying Cafe and 13, Jahira, 2, 3, 12 and 13. Race 6, number 7, Brazen Impact and 10, Selfie Time, 7 and 10. Out of race 7, number 3, Riadini, 4, Shelby 66, 6, Soldier of Love, 7, Turn on the Charm, 10, Irish Songs, 11, Cotelli and 15, Just Business, 3, 4, 6, 7, 10, 11 and 15. And from race 8, number 2, Jalmari, 3, Napoleon Solo, 9, Reboville and 12, Dan Zadell, 2, 3, 9 and 12 out of race 8 at Goulburn. Musselbrook, the weather is fine. The track, a soft seven. The rail out two metres from the 1,000 to the 300. And there are 33 scratchings. From race one, take two, Holly Road. Seven, Enthralled. And 11, Press Freedom. Two, seven and 11. Race two, number one, Titration. And six, Makuba. One and six. Race three, number one, Bob. Three, Just Dugan. Five, Bridges to Babylon. Seven, Proust. And 12, La Bria. One, three, five, seven, and twelve. Race four, number two, extra flash, seven, quilting, and eight, play my song, two, seven, and eight. Race five, take out four, Kenny Prospect, six, Mickey's Pride, seven, pick a pepper, eight, summer in Siam, nine, La Laguna, ten, Miss Fabergé, eleven, successful, twelve, turbo charge, thirteen, Wollinga Charisma, fourteen, Yambers Award, and the emergencies, eighteen, nineteen, twenty. 4, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 18, 19 and 20. Race 6, number 8, Dream Eclipse, number 8. And out of race 7, number 2, Dynastic, 4, Hard to Dismiss, 10, Down to Earth, 13, Cupid's Kiss, The Emergencies, 17 and 20. 2, 4, 10, 13, 17 and 20 boys from race 7 at Musselbrook. Thanks, Tan. You got through all them. Uh, Goulburn today, I like race 2, number 6, Poetic. Drama into race eight, number seven, Al Mahiro at Musselbrook. Race one, number five, Starliner into race three, number two, Buff in Disguise. For what it's worth, Dino, my Melbourne Cup selections. Oh, I'll just find them here. Where is it, Dino? Uh, Montefilia on top from Deauville Legend, Knights Order and Stockman. That's my top four. And for the big dance, Casino Kid each way. Here's the news.